This is a Diet of Brussels. As part of the uh, UK and Changing Europe's annual conference, which was held uh, in London on the 12th of June, we had uh, a number of uh, keynote speakers. And this is the first that we had in the morning, uh, made by Ed Miliband, uh, former leader of the Labour Party. Uh, in the speech, uh, which I'm giving to you uh, unedited, uh, he just talks about the, the left uh, progressive case for membership and uh, uh, explains really the logic behind uh, his position. Um, and I think it's useful for you to hear it, uh, as you like, straight from him uh, without further comment from me. You can listen to the other keynotes uh, on uh, the rest of the Diet of Brussels podcasts, uh, which uh, you will find on uh, either SoundCloud or on our website, www.adietofbrussels.com. I sort of feel that event, at events like this um, over the last few months, I should provide a bit of commentary on what I've been doing since the uh, general election. Um, uh, people tend to meet me on the tube and say, what do you do these days? Uh, I, I, will, I will, however, admit, and I hope this is all right in these sort of cross-party times, that, that I'll admit you my low moments since the general election, which is uh, I got on, on an aeroplane a few months after um, we lost the election, and... Um, the stewardess spotted me and said, um, well, it's so nice to see you, she said. And I said, oh, thank you very much. She said, uh, it's great to have you with us, Mr. Clay. And you know, of course, he's on the right side on this. And all that. <laughs> I didn't really have an answer um, uh, uh, to that. Uh, look, I want to make today the Labour case uh, for Remain. I want to make a case rooted in Labour values and rooted in my values and what drives me as a person and indeed as a politician. And I want to start, uh, not with today's debates, uh, but I want to start 76 years ago, uh, in May 1940, with a 16-year-old boy and his father walking 100 kilometres from Brussels to Ostend to take one of the last boats out of Belgium before the Nazis arrived. That boy wrote in his diary on Christmas Eve 1940, more than 75 years ago. He wrote this. A year ago I was in Brussels. There was peace in Belgium without a blackout. Now it's the war. It's winter. And it's the blackout in England and Belgium and France and Poland and Norway and Denmark and Holland and Germany. Darkness in Europe. That boy was my dad. His experience and that of my mum was to come here and find refuge, start a family and make a contribution to Britain. It's easy to forget, isn't it? But it's this personal experience which defines my attitude towards this referendum. Because I think my family's story tells you something profound about the values of Britain. I wouldn't be standing here without the solidarity of this country. An extraordinary solidarity, openness, outward-looking attitude throughout our history. You know, we talk about the Second World War as our country's finest hour, for good reason. Because it showed the best of these values, even in the face of extreme adversity. So as I think about this debate, and I've thought about it a lot in the last few months, obviously, I come back ultimately not actually to facts, figures, or fears on both sides, 
But actually, these principles, these principles which are so important to my family, and how they relate to our time, it's Nick Clegg actually, he's on the phone, uh, uh, and how they relate to our time and our generation. The, the principle not simply of compassion for those fleeing for their lives, but something deeper. An internationalist idea that we as a country pursue our values best working with others, because I believe that is Britain's tradition. And I am in no doubt that if we understand this principle of international cooperation, working with others to our own benefit as a country, the arguments in this referendum overwhelmingly point to remain, not leave. My essential case to you is that this principle of cooperation across borders is even more relevant today than it was 75 years ago when my dad wrote that entry in his diary. Think of the great causes of our time, and I'll tell you why they need international cooperation and membership of the European Union. Take climate change. It's the greatest economic threat we face. It's the greatest national security threat we face. It's the greatest generational threat we face. I was the climate change secretary in the last Labour government, and indeed Amber Rudd echoed her own experience on television last night. Britain is about 1% of global emissions. Europe is 10%, the EU is 10%. I negotiated for Britain as part of the European Union. I just want you to take it from me that our membership of the EU does not make us smaller, weaker, and less significant. The opposite is true. We walk taller, prouder, and have more influence inside, not outside the European Union. We negotiate with China and the United States as one of the major players. And in this example, we get an insight, not just into the issue of climate change, but into a wider insight of why <coughs> our membership of the EU matters even more today than it did in the past decades. And it's for this reason. Because 21st century problems, like climate change, cross borders. And we are so much stronger in tackling them, working with others. It's the strength of cooperation across 28 countries that has enabled the EU to be truly an environmental union and not just on climate change. It's true on air pollution, on the oceans, on nature conservation and the cleaning up of our beaches. And you might say, well, is that just coincidental? And it isn't. Because the explanation for why this has been possible is that coordinating environmental standards across the EU stops polluters playing one country against another off against another in a race to the bottom in environmental <coughs> standards. That's why we've made the strides we, we have in the European Union. And this principle is not just true on the environment. The same strength of international cooperation is true on so many other 21st century issues. Take inequality, the cause that brought me into the Labour Party. Now part of it is about having good jobs in this country and keeping prices low. And of course, if we want to preserve the best trading relationships with the EU, we should be in, not out. But the argument about how we tackle inequality goes well beyond that. A big question if we're to prevent inequality getting worse, not better, is how we get companies and individuals to pay their taxes. Now, one country like Britain can, of course, have an impact, and I don't deny that. But the reality is we're much more effective than the European Union. For example, proposed rules across the EU on transparency requirements for multinationals 
will make it far easier for each and every country in the European Union to crack down on so-called profit-shifting and tax avoidance. 28 countries acting, not just one. How also are we going to stop the mega-corporations of today, the Amazons and the Googles, from engaging in monopoly practices? We're going to find it much easier to do it, not in one country alone, but acting together with common standards across the European Union. And then take employment protection. Now, some people want to say that it's somehow an accident that the EU has the record it has on worker protection. It isn't an accident. It's based on a simple idea that a single market in goods and services must have a social dimension. Stopping one country, one companies playing one country off against another in another race to the bottom in standards of rights for workers. And then you've got the evidence of the record. Four weeks paid holiday, laws on sex discrimination, rights for part-time workers, rights for agency workers, <coughs> rules for health and safety. And by the way, there's this sort of nonsense growing up that actually the EU has made no difference to these rights. Uh, I still say that is completely wrong. Even the Equal Pay Act, even the historic British Equal Pay Act, did not contain a commitment to equal pay for work of equal value. In other words, equivalent work rather than the same work that people were doing. It was the European Union directive that actually brought that into British law. The same is true on paid holiday. Sure, we have good standards of paid holiday now, but actually, when the Working Time Directive was adopted here, it actually meant that six million people in this country got greater holiday entitlement. And I've also got to say to you, if anyone doubts my argument <coughs> that the EU has raised standards on issues like the environment and worker protection, if they were really making no difference to Britain, just ask yourself, why has the right in politics spent such a long time many decades railing against these standards, saying they are so burdensome. So my argument is that cooperation in the EU is a vital tool against the injustices of our time. And the same principle about the benefits of cooperation within the European Union apply to the wider world in which we live. Some people say the high ideals that led to the setting up of the EU, learning the lessons of the slaughter of citizens in two world wars, no longer apply. In fact, those high ideals of cooperation between countries remain as relevant as ever, including as we think about how we deal with external threats. ISIS, Iran, Russia. How do we deal with these threats and challenges? Well, in my view, only by acting together and not on our own. We only need to look at the example of the nuclear deal on Iran to see what impact EU leadership had. Now, of course, in this area and in many, we can fault the EU for some of the things it's done. For example, it's uncertain response uh, to the refugee crisis. But that is not an argument for abandoning the crucial principle that we are stronger tackling these challenges in the European Union, together, not alone. So my case for Remain is one rooted deep in the values I believe in of solidarity and the idea that 21st century problems require cooperation across borders more than ever. But my case is a Labour case too, because it is not a case for keeping things as they are in Britain. You see, I see a Britain different from the one that David Cameron would describe to you. Inequality is rife. Jobs are insecure. 
People fear for the chances their kids are going to have in life. They see public services under strain and under pressure. In truth, I believe that's one of the reasons this referendum is in doubt. Because people worry about the state of the country. And I think whatever else happens, this referendum has got to be a wake-up call to the government about the real state of Britain. But I'm asking people to vote Remain, not because I want to keep things as they are, as maybe some people would say, but because I want to change things. And I believe we can far better do that inside the European Union, not outside. But just as Britain needs to change in order to do that, so too uh, does Europe. The answer is not to leave Europe, but to change it. The EU is too technocratic, too remote, and not transparent enough. The truth is, Britain should be leading in Europe to change that. And what does that mean? In my view, it means building on what's been done on tax avoidance, but going further to tackle the secrecy and the tax havens, improving on the record on workers' rights, taking on issues like zero-hours contracts, insecure work, which are problems, by the way, across Europe, tackling unemployment, which is a massive problem across the continent, to invest in the jobs of tomorrow, and responding to concerns about free movement. By, helping, by creating a fund to help communities under pressure from migration and indeed tackling the undercutting of wages, which still could be done better within the European Union. Now, a progressive government truly committed to leading in Europe would, I believe, be leading on all of those issues. That is one of the many reasons why I believe we need a Labour government. And the truth is, if there's a Remain vote, the work on this must begin with our European partners straight away. But the only way we can implement this progressive agenda is by being in the European Union, not outside it. Now, having set out my case for Remain, I want to say something about the change that the Leave campaign are offering. Because it's clear to me that in the last two weeks of this referendum, Labour is going to need to fight the battle about who really stands for progress in this country. And I want to explain why. The truth is that whether it's the NHS in crisis, or schools under pressure, or wage inequality, or the chances of the next generation, the Leave campaign are trying to do something very specific in this campaign. They're trying to appropriate the cause of change and progress. We've seen it over the last couple of weeks. I've got to say to you, I've heard some things I never expected to hear. Apparently, Michael Gove wants to save the NHS from David Cameron and Jeremy Hunt. He now says that he is, and I pretty much quote this, the enemy of the elite. Ian Douglas Smith, who I think will be speaking to you later, says he wants Brexit because of his deep and abiding concern about the gap between the haves and the have-nots uh, in Britain. And Boris Johnson, who was on the television at the weekend, uh, said that he was now deeply concerned about inequality in this country and chief executive pay. So, so it's hard to believe, I know. So, 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 so the Leave campaign want us to believe that they've had a sort of road to Damascus conversion. That they're the hammer of the banks, the scourge of the multinationals, and the champions of workers. That they stand for decency and compassion and progressive values. Indeed, I'm told they've even painted their bus red uh, to try and make the point. <laughs> I, I do have to say to you, <laughs> I wonder where all these people were when I needed them at the last generation. <laughs> but, 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 but look, there's a serious, very serious point. Uh, they're doing this for a reason. 
They're doing this for a very simple reason. They need to persuade Labour voters if they're to win this referendum. And they know their real agenda will have no appeal for those voters. So they're trying to perpetrate what I can only describe as a fraud on the British people. And they can't be allowed to get away with it. And in the remaining days of this campaign, I think we should have the argument about where the progressive case lies. Because let us be clear what the real agenda of the Leave campaign is, an agenda they have been pursuing for decades. And let's be clear about what it would mean for working people. They want out of Europe so they can be out of the social chapter. As Boris Johnson, Ian Duncan Smith, and many others have said, that is their competitiveness strategy for Britain. Deregulation and the erosion of rights for working people. And you know, Nicola Sturgeon challenged Boris Johnson yesterday on television about something he said two years ago, one of the many things he said, that he wanted to sweep away the working time directive, rights for part-time work. He said it was terrible bureaucracy, the dead hand of Brussels. He has no answer because that is what he and many others in the Leave campaign believe. They also, they also want to win for Britain by cutting taxes for the very richest. Boris Johnson has said this about the super-rich. We should be offering them humble and hearty thanks. And Europe's problem is attacking London's bankers. I just say to them, they should be open about it. They should be open about their real agenda and not try and pretend it's something that it isn't. They want a bonfire of regulations on the environment, health and safety, and basic rights that people take for granted. They should be open about it. On the NHS, too. I never thought I would say this, but I think John Major put it best. Uh, he said this at the weekend. I seem to remember Michael Gove wanting to privatise it, Boris Johnson wanting to charge people for using it, and Ian Duncan Smith wanting a social insurance system. They are no friends of the National Health Service. And of course, it's working people who would have the most to lose from a recession and other economic consequences that independent experts say would follow from Brexit. It's not the richest, the top 1% who would suffer most from the economic shock. It's working people who would pay the price with their jobs, lower wages, and cuts to public services. And let's also take head on what Leave say about immigration. Of course it is a concern for voters, including many Labour voters. But all solutions are no solution. And that includes leaving the EU with the dire economic consequences that would follow for working people. Instead, we should act here at home on a migration fund to help relieve the pressure on public services and on exploitation and the undercutting of wages. And we should tell the truth, which is that the problems of the NHS, housing, schools, and the next generation are much less about people coming here than they are about a conservative government. And to cap it all, I think leaving is a problem in another way. It is a recipe for Britain being a spectator when it comes to major decisions about our future, from financial regulation in Europe to climate change to foreign policy. There is nothing progressive about that. So this is not an agenda for working people that Leave is offering. It is a bleak future for working people that the Leave campaign are offering. And I want to be clear with the nine million people who voted Labour at the last election. They need to know where we stand and understand the two sides of this argument. On the one side, every living Labour leader, the leader of every major trade union, 
and 95% of Labour members of Parliament. On the other, Boris Johnson, Michael Gove, and Nigel Farage. Labour believes you should vote Remain, because it is the right choice for jobs, social justice, and Labour values. And leaving would set back the cause of social justice for decades to come. I say to Labour voters, don't be taken in by the fraud of the Leave campaign. Tories who in the last days of this contest are trying to disguise themselves in Labour clothing. I also say to Labour voters this, you're angry about the direction of the country under David Cameron. Well, so am I. But this is no by-election. This is no midterm <coughs> protest. This is a decision for a generation. To those who say they want to see David Cameron lose his job, well, so do I. But not through Brexit, because the price would be the jobs of hundreds of thousands of working people. We need to stay in the EU, not for David Cameron, but for you and your family. For the opportunities for young people to protect workers' rights and to avoid the dire consequences for working people of Brexit. I, I want to end where I started, with the big choice facing the country. <coughs> this is a bigger choice than a general election. This is the biggest political choice of my lifetime. And you know we've got to understand the roots of what we're seeing in this campaign. All around the world, people are deeply concerned about the direction of politics and the way countries are being run. They feel strongly that their countries just don't work for them. But in the end, we all face a fundamental choice. All around the world, here over the question of Europe. Do we believe we solve the problems that we face through openness, working with others, and reaching out? Or do we solve them to retreat into isolation, abandoning our traditions, our great traditions of solidarity and cooperation? I know the right course for Britain is now, as it has always been, to build bridges with others, not to build walls. That is the best of our past, and it is the best way to secure our future. To join hands with others, not go off on our own. Let's not play our part in inflicting darkness on Europe. Let's unite with our European allies to solve the problems we face together. Solidarity is a British value, it is a Labour value. Our history, our values, our traditions as a country say we should remain. So I urge everyone to vote Remain on June 23rd.